Amen. Your class can be dismissed. Everyone that's in here. Amen. That was fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> amen. Can we sing while they're being dismissed? Can we just sing a cappella? <clears throat> they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Amen. If you got your Bibles, Galatians chapter 1 and Acts chapter 14. Galatians chapter 1 and Acts chapter 14. Next week, which actually starting Sunday, I think it's my brother, right? Yeah, he's preaching. Yeah, so it'll be, month of May will be the Gunther's to New Zealand. That should be easy to learn information on them and to ask questions. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but I sure enjoyed that message Sunday night. I appreciate Brother Lawson. Uh, I am so thankful for the technology that we can do that. Um, um, I had an evangelist one time suggest to me doing a men's prayer breakfast with zoom and and i wasn't too keen on it but i thought you know what i'd give it a shot i'd give it a shot sometime amen galatians chapter 1 verse 1 says paul the apostle paul an apostle not of men neither by man but of by jesus christ and god the father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren which are with me under the churches plural of galatia notice the plural there galatia is a big place uh, it's got different churches in it. When, when we think of Paul's missionary journeys, we think of some of the churches that, uh, that, that he went to, like Iconium and uh, uh, Lystra and Derby. These churches are all encompassed by Galatia, like Woodhaven and Westland and Romulus are in Michigan. It's of the same sort. Verse 3, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father, from our Lord Jesus Christ. I just learned yesterday... That Paul begins and ends all of his letters with the grace of God. I did not know that. And, and, and I started reading it through and checking it through, and I got a big blessing out of that. I encourage you to do the same. Amen. Uh, verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Pastor Ammon, we've got you here. What a blessing it is. I'll be honored. We pray for the message this evening. Amen. There's a debate on which, which letter Paul wrote first. Uh, it's mainly between Galatians and 1 Thessalonians. And there's other perspectives by and large, but it really comes down to those two. Um, I chose to begin with Galatians because I wanted to. I read 1 Thessalonians in the last couple of weeks and Galatians, I just, Galatians just jumped out at me. 
And I got, I just, I mean, they're both good. I just, I got a little excited about Galatians. <clears throat> what I like is, what was encouraging was when Brother Brian was preaching Sunday night. <clears throat> it was an awesome message, first of all. But, <clears throat> man, it was, how cool was it that we just literally got done going through Paul's missionary journeys. And then here he is preaching on uh, a message on Paul and how he, he's maturing through his Christian walk. And he, he referenced all throughout Acts. I thought that was pretty awesome. I thought, man, that's kind of fresh on our minds. Um, here's a rough timeline coming up from Paul's, or really from Jesus' resurrection, Paul's ministry, to where we are, to the writing of the letter of Galatians. Jesus' resurrection, A.D. 33, Paul's conversion, 34, Paul goes to Tarsus, 37, Paul and Barnabas in Antioch, A.D. 41-ish. Uh, uh, first missionary begins around uh, A.D. 47, I said Paul and Barnabas in Antioch, 41-ish. First missionary journey began around 47. Churches uh, planted in South Galatia, 47 to 49. Jerusalem Council was 49. And then Paul writes a letter to the Galatians from Antioch, probably in AD 49. In that same year, Paul began his second missionary journey. He also planted another church in northern Galatia as well in 49 and 50. That's a lot of accomplishments in a small amount of time. Paul's not messing around. That reminded me of Brother Brian Lawson. Man, you talk about what he was doing. He had something going on every single night. Every single night. And I would talk to him, and I asked him on purpose to tell us what he'd done the last couple of weeks because I wanted our people to hear it. You know, and it was this. Monday night school, Tuesday night school, Wednesday night church, of course. Of course, between then he's got to study for a message, right? Um, and, and whatever it was, it was like th Thursday and Friday night. The teens were over studying for the youth rally on Saturday. Busy, busy, busy. And then next week, going into something, just nonstop busy. He's a missionary. Uh, we were his third out of four messages that he preached on Sunday. That's a missionary. He's not messing around. He's taking what he has, and he's doing everything that he possibly can with it. I love it. I'm encouraged by him in, in, in a big way. Amen. Um, I want to try something I've never done. Rachel's going to throw up a few pictures here tonight. I was studying last night, late last night, um, in, in uh, the, the people of Galatians and Galatia. And these are some artifacts that I found. I sent them to Rachel's email, and she's just going to scroll through. I got eight or nine. I, I found it really interesting. Man, that looks good. <laughs> these are some different coins. I found it quite interesting. There's a helmet. Um that they say was found, um, most of these were from the, the uh, first century. Horse bridle. I don't know if that's any different from a modern bridle. I couldn't figure out what that was. It was from Galatia, amen. I thought that was neat. Like a Shrek-looking helmet. Amen. I just felt like it just seems real, like... Um, Brother Zollers, what was that? Hezekiah's water tunnel? Uh, when, when I, I was getting ready for a message on that. I was studying on that. And um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't understand what it was talking about. And, and, I, and I read it over and over. And I, it, I wasn't getting it. Until I started doing some more research besides just the Bible. I realized, oh, it's literally a water tunnel. And, and, and I got so much encouragement. And you can, you can watch documentaries on it, which I did. You can go there and literally see these amazing water tunnels that, that they made. And how, man, I just 
wonderful, and it really brought it home for me. Same with seeing some of these artifacts. Hey, this was actually in Galatia. Number one, I've only got two points. Number one, the people. Historians tell us that the Galatians were a Celtic people. Uh, the, the historians will say that they were, in fact, notably emotional and intense. The Caesar of that time period wrote this about the Galatians. He said, they are, fickle, they are fickle in their resolves, fond of change and not to be trusted. Fickle means changing frequently, especially as regards to one's loyalties, interests, or affection. The Bible didn't say that, but Caesar and historians did. I certainly don't trust anybody that I would recommend or that would, I would call fickle. Somebody that makes, changes their decision in a hurry, that's not wise. Uh, that's, that's, that's actually quite foolish. Uh, let's get married after one week of dating. Let's join the church after one service. I've heard testimonies of that where people say, I, I came in on one service, I knew this is where we are going to be, so we joined that day. I don't get behind making quick decisions. I just don't. Uh, they're in general not smart. They're in general foolish. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Can't make a quick decision when you're looking for advice from other people. In general, the wisest man in the room is the one who speaks last. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. You don't have to turn there, but Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Maybe Caesar was right in describing the Galatians. Caesar said that the people in Galatia were known for making quick and rash decisions. And what's interesting is I began to look a little bit more into this. Acts chapter 14 actually backs that up. Look, jump to Acts 14.8. Acts 14.8. I found this really interesting when I started to really understand Galatia and the towns that were involved. And, and the, the Galatians is much more of a general term. You Michiganders, not just Romulanians. What are we? We're not, huh? Romanians, Romanians. Amen. Look at this, and, and, and let's read this within keeping in mind how Caesar felt about the people of Galatia. Just having that in the back of our mind. Right, and what historians would write about him. Acts 14, 8 says, And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent at his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who stood fastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, remember, People of Galatia, this is Lystra, which is in Galatia. These are Galatians. When the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of, uh, oh man, Leo, Leo, Leo's, anybody want to try it? I can't say that. Leo, Leoconia, that sounds good. Amen. The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men, and they called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul, Mercurius. Because he was a chief speaker. So here they are, people of Galatia. They see Paul heal this man. They immediately say, that's the God of Jupiter. That's the God of uh, 
Mercurius, hey, we, we need to worship him. Get, 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 the, get, get the sacrifices. We're going we're gonna to sacrifice these animals and we're going to worship them. They, they, they're gods. We're going to worship them. A quick decision. Just jump down a few verses later. Acts 14, 19. There came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. So basically, may have been a day or two or three, but basically, in the morning, they're worshiping him as a god, and he can barely get them to stop the sacrifice to him. By the evening or the next day, they're literally stoning him to death. The Bible didn't say what Caesar says, but it certainly backs up what he said. <laughs> Sounds like they're a fickle bunch, not to be trusted. I wouldn't trust anybody that makes decisions like that. Amen. Number one, the people. Number two, my last point, the message. Back to our text, Galatians 1.6. Paul said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Paul's basically agreeing with Caesar at this point. I, he said, I'm amazed that you guys just, you guys so quickly change your mind about what you believe. How, like, that is just fathoms me. And in our mind's eye right now, we're all thinking, man, we know people that change their minds like that. Or they'll change what they believe about doctrine like that. Paul goes on to say, verse 7, he says, Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul's saying, you're calling it another gospel, but it's not even another. There's only one gospel. Did you know, I hate to even say this almost, but some people believe that there's four gospels. Throughout history, they believe that there's four gospels. There's a group, circle of people that believe that. Here's the problem with that. Paul didn't teach that. Jesus never taught that. Um, that was never a message that came from Abraham or Moses or Noah. Never that. What was the message for, from all, starting from Moses and the prophets up until uh, Jesus and the disciples and Paul up until now? What has the message always been? Grace through faith. Always one gospel. Nowhere did Jesus ever say, hey, here, here's a new way to heaven. Or here's the third gospel. We're going to change it on this day. Or with this generation, we're going to change it. It was never, ever said. Look at Galatians 1.8. Paul went on to say this. He said, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And Paul was really deliberate about this. And saying, hey guys, there's only one gospel. He literally repeated himself. He said, as we said before, so say I now again. He wants to get the message across. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Paul was and is making it really, really clear there's only one gospel. passionate about that point and I could stay there for a while let me move on Galatians 1:10. or do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men for if I yet please men I should not be the servant of Christ but I certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man 
For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul would be accused of not being, the, his authority was, was attacked because he wasn't one of the twelve disciples. Therefore, where, where was his authority? They would say your authority is limited. But Paul's making it really clear. He had first-hand knowledge from Christ himself. He explains this in the next few verses. Keep reading. Galatians 1.13. He said, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen. Look at this. He said, immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went, I up to, when I, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Paul here. Turn to Acts 9.18. I'll be there in a second. Acts 9.18. Paul here, he's referring to his testimony of salvation, clearly. And then right after he got saved, how he went to Arabia where God himself spent time, probably around three years, teaching him personally, one-on-one. But here's the thing. A lot of people will use this text To say you can't, you can't, you can't preach until you spend a few years learning, like at a Bible college. To say, see, Paul, he got saved and he spent some time studying. That's true, he did. The problem is, is to say that you have to go to Bible college to preach. That's not biblical. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 18. This is Paul, Paul gets saved. Um, gets saved, baptized, and let's just read it. Acts 9, 18. He says, And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then, then was saw certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God guys bear with me focus give me five minutes focus with me we're going to look at the scripture here if Paul preached immediately after he was saved and the scripture says that he did amen I'm glad that he did that gives hope for any of us what's that mean if you're saved you ought to man you ought to be able to preach there's nothing stopping you from preaching the word of God or teaching a class if you're saved Living wrong would be one thing. But if Paul preached immediately after he was saved, but didn't go to Jerusalem until he first went to Arabia, focus with me, then that means there's probably three years between Acts 25 and 26, or the three years are between Acts 22 and 23. Because verse 23 through 25, Paul is in Damascus. 
That's either before or after Arabia. And it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter either way. But well, what does matter is it tells us two things. Paul preached immediately after he got saved. Scripture says that. Paul preached in the church house, not just street preaching, after he got saved. God used him immediately to preach and to teach. You don't need an education to preach. Now I say that, boy, I wish I had some Bible schooling in me. I'll preach that hard. You don't have to have an education to preach, but man, I wish I had a desire from a younger age to learn and study my Bible a whole lot sooner than I did in my life. I'm not just a pretty face, Pastor Ammon. Amen. Amen. Number one, Paul preached immediately after he got saved. And two, Paul has been given authority to preach the word of God. As Paul uh, didn't learn from a man, but from God himself while in Arabia. Here's the one final scripture we'll close after this. 1 John 2.27. I sure got encouraged by this last night. I got a late start uh, on my message yesterday, and I was, I was late, and I talked to some of the men over the phone about the mulch and, and uh, doing my best to keep them in the loop, you know. And uh, Brother Shine didn't say anything, but I could tell by the, 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 the beat of his breathing that he was excited that I didn't start studying until late because he knew that it would probably mean a shorter message. He didn't say it with his mouth, but just the tone I got over the phone. <laughs> Amen. Maybe I should stick to the Word of God. Let me stick to the Word of God. Okay. Amen. Amen. First John 2.27 But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. This is the verse that some will say you don't need to learn from a man. You can learn everything you need to know from God himself through the Holy Spirit. People will stand on that and stick to that and, and, and build walls on that. And there's certainly truth to that. Amen. I mean, that's very clear. God taught Paul. It's very clear scripturally. Scripturally, we, we study the word of God. God will speak to us. We can't argue that. But at the very, very same exact time, God gave gifts unto you and to you and to you. And he gave some teachers and he gave some preachers. Preachers aren't just to lost folk. And teachers aren't necessarily for the lost folk. That's for teaching. So who's going to listen to the preachers and the teachers? Man, I'll be first in line. Can you, can you imagine some, 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 <clears throat> some, some people in the congregation under Paul's ministry? Say he's got a church in Galatia uh, or uh, Lystra or Derby, whatever. And somebody says, Paul, I don't need to hear from you. I got the word of God. God will teach me and God will teach him. But God also gave him Paul to learn from. And he needs to listen to the preaching of Paul. I recommend we listen to preaching. Listen to preaching. Look for preaching. Seek for preaching. 
God chose the foolishness of what? Preaching. God gave us Paul and 12 disciples. God used the writings in the commentary of Paul for us to draw from. God made it the word of God. But also listen to good and sound Bible preaching. I need it. Oh, I need it. In the first couple of weeks of uh, Russia's war on Ukraine, sorry, special operation, special operation. <clears throat> I listened to, M uh, not NPR, what's that liberal, um, it's the only one that I get in, uh, besides Bob Duco. Um, is, it, is it NPR? Yeah, NPR. Listen to that, I listen to that for a couple of weeks. Where I'm normally listening to sermon audio or YouTube, I'm listening to preaching to and from work. Tell you what, they got old after a couple of weeks and I missed out on listening to preaching. You know what happens to preachers that don't listen to their preaching? They often get weird. I know preachers that are weird because they get focused on this. And then, then I'll hear one preacher say, well, God told me this. Then another preacher say, well, God told me this. And it's out of the same exact scripture, completely contradictory. Because we get in a box and we're not getting counsel from other folks. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God.